Welcome to Tanks Up, the podcast about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben. And I'm here with Lucy. Hello. 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 We're not here with Adol Kurji. No. For another week. No, no, it's sad. He will be back, making his triumphant return. He will. He was going to come back tonight, but he was. Well, I think he's still jet lagged. Yeah, he came back a, a day or so ago, didn't he? So we'll, we'll let him off this week. Next yes. week, no excuses. I think a beer may have just ended him for the day. So. Oh, he had a beer. No, I think I think if he'd have come on oh, and had a beer, no. it might have just destroyed oh, God, yeah, his um, his attempt at staying up for until a suitable time. We stopped hearing puns. Around the half hour mark. <laughs> just a couple of small light snores in the background <laughs> as he's just nodded off. Yes. Not because we're not interesting. <laughs> Although that is a perfect reason to fall asleep. That's true. Mm. I'm sure this podcast is like, what is it, ASMR or... ASMR, For yeah. some people. Just put it on Gotta in be. the background. This just our, our our sultry voices, <laughs> yes. our dulcet tones, yes. the the clacking of the can as it's opened, <laughs> and the the light fizz it sends as it goes. They're out there, <laughs> happy tail. Either that, or they you know do the other thing that people do to ASMR videos. Should we drink some beers? Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. For, for context, um, it's a very warm day. It's about oh, twenty four degrees it's so hot. in the UK. That's hot for Ben. Yeah. Probably what I prefer for me, without getting too hot. Well, I like I like it hot. I like it hot. But yeah. it's nice to have come into the, the garage, which is normally mm. amazingly cold, to, you know, just be cooled down for the evening. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting outside. Well, we're recording this on a Friday, so work doesn't know that I took the day off just to be in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had Friday the 20th of April booked off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I was just sitting outside in the sun drinking beer and it was, it was good. It's, it's it's the right kind of temperature for me. It's like it's not humid. It's not too... Mm-hmm. The, the sun's not too overpowering. Although I did tan. Yeah. Um, nice. Mm. But yeah, it's that, it's just that good weather. But I, I agree. For drinking it, if you're going to have like a session... You probably want a few degrees cooler just to keep yes. you going. Otherwise, yes, yeah, definitely. you will just fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, it hit, um, what time? It was about, I don't know, about half past three. And um, Kim and Evelyn were knocking around. They were playing in the garden. I could hear them, so I opened the door to the garage. So I'm working away and, you know, been to the bottle shop. My beer 52 box had turned up. So I thought, it's half three. Why not? I just I sit here. I can just finish off some drawings. Yeah. I can just have a beer and relax. Well, yeah. not relax, work, but have a beer. So, yes, it's definitely a day for early drinking. Well, well but we only get this treasure like once or twice a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Well spend it right. Yeah, yeah. It, it might come again. Maybe end of August. Maybe the bank holiday, something like that, when every everyone's out. And it's just absurdly busy. Yeah, but but. As Brits, we don't need any kind of weather to just 
have an excuse to go out and drink. Because that's who we are as a nation. That's true. That's true. Also, don't need an excuse apart from a few rays of sun to have a barbecue either. <laughs> that's true. Which I've done for Get the last couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had yeah. barbecue and thunder. I had to tell somebody to please put the umbrella down. <laughs> that's not safe. <laughs> and just catching all the smoke as well. Yeah. Right, what are you what are you drinking this week? I am drinking for the first time in ages a beer from Daya. Oh, I've seen a picture of it. It's a canned beer from Daya as it well, is. isn't it? They've started up their canning line probably about a month ago, maybe a few weeks ago. Mm. So they're slowly probably going to be distributed out to general general release. But um, yeah, managed to nip me a can. It's called Invoice Me for the Microphone. I think it's a... Was it someone who got a Grammy or something like that? And I don't know. It's a play on something, but <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, it's a 6.5% IPA. Um, a soft, juicy IPA with plenty citra and mosaic. There's not really much uh, other... No, there's no other flavour text. It's 500ml can, like all days. Yeah, it's quite pretty. Nice. Yeah, that's good. But um, yeah, it's an IPA. That's all you really need to know. Excellent. Um, I'm also drinking an IPA, but a double IPA. Oh, starting um, strong. Yes, it's the Mind Control from Magic Rock. <gasps> I know. Say no more. Picked it up today. Eight percent. It's got uh, Golden Promise, Torrified Wheat, Pine Head Oats, and Malted Oats. The hops are Cryo Hops, trademarked, Amarillo, Mosaic, Simcoe, and CTZ. And the yeast is WLP002. It's a big can, it's 500ml. I didn't realise. That's four units. I definitely couldn't drive after this one, eh? How many units are you allowed? Two and a bit. Is that it? I think, is it two and a half? I don't know. Two I'm kind of worried now. Two. One and a half. I, don't know, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm kind of worried. <laughs> well, yeah, I always sort of, I always feel that if I'm out for a, you know, an afternoon, and I've taken sort of Kim and Evelyn somewhere, or I've whipped to, you know, to meet someone for a quick beer, and I'm mm. driving, I always feel like I can have one pint, which of something which is slightly lower, you know, like a pint of San Miguel, or I'll probably uh. find out that that's actually like three units or something that's, you know, and it's way above. But kind of that's how I. I it's not legal, I guess. Oh, no. uh, I'll well, shut up now. Yeah, I need to shut up because I was thinking, oh, you know, you, usually wherever you go nowadays, they usually do half a pint when you're talking about craft yeah. beer. I was like, yeah, two or three of those is fine. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not, especially when it's a 9% stout. <laughs> Maybe that definitely comes into it, yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah. usually like four, five, six, probably the limit, but... Yeah, let's stop talking. Let's stop incriminating. That's twice I've incriminated myself on one podcast. It is. What? What's your beer like? Yeah. <laughs> I've only just smelt it. <laughs> <laughs> citra. You can definitely smell the citra. Very citrusy, very tropical, very juicy. Mm. Um, it's very hazy. As you'd usually expect from a day of beer. Um, yeah. Probably a... 
just one and a half finger white head. Um, very pale in colour. Almost orangey. Mm. Like yours that I can see. Yeah, yeah, this is amazingly orangey. Yeah. Similar kind of head to yours as well. Mm. Maybe not quite as hazy. It, it, it is hazy, mm. but, uh, you know, Dea have that kind of almost that patent on a certain kind of haze, yeah, don't they, they, that do. they seem absolutely. to be able to get with their beers. So, And absolutely, yeah. it's a completely haze fruit juice bomb. Just yeah. tons of juice, not even, not much bitterness on the end. It's just mostly fruit in the front. Mm-hmm. I don't know what more to say, to be honest. I'm, not because I'm lost for words, because it's so amazing, but it's it's just <laughs> what I come to expect from a day of beer. It's just very juicy, very fruity, very mm-hmm. tropical, very smooth, um, yeah. easy drinking. Um, it's 6.5%. Um, yeah, you couldn't tell. Even though 6.5% is not too outlandish, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to tell. You could easily knock a few of these back, but yeah. Really easy drinking, really quaffable. Nice. Really nice. smooth. Yeah, juice bomb. I'm sure everyone knows who listens to this podcast. I'm sure they've had a juice bomb or two. This is that in a package. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> I Good. Think it's, I'm Good. sure everyone's heard me bang on about Daya enough. <laughs> Probably don't want to hear it anymore because nobody can get their cans anymore. <laughs> so, That's it. You're the yeah. only person, so no one can actually experience what you're talking about exactly. anymore. Exactly. So, get a cloud water. Just as good, just yeah. as drinkable. To get get like, a, you know, dip a dip a cloud water. Or, you know, just anything with the Citra BBC or whatever it is on their cans. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty much the equivalent. Yeah, yeah. not much yeah. more to say. It's I, a really good beer. You know, I mean, perfect I'm, on a day like this. Yeah, I'm almost gonna just ape all of your words with this mind control from Magic Rock. Mm. It is, it is super juicy. I got that instantly off the nose. Um, it's all in the all in the front as well. Loads of tropical tropical fruits. It is a juice bomb, and it's got this really light bitterness, which dries out mm. very quickly. Uh, you know, it's kind of as we've sort of come to expect from you know a tropical IPA, double yeah. IPA of this kind of nature, and again, as you sort of said, there's a slight bit of a slight, slight bit of carbonation, mm. but that kind of fizzles out really quickly and, and just goes into this smooth, it's quite liquidy kind of uh, of mouthfeel. It's not quite as viscous as perhaps I thought it would be. Mm. Uh, the only the only thing maybe that's perhaps a big difference between what you've got and what I've got is that that 8%, yeah. it peaks through just, there is just a slight sweetness to it yeah yeah i was about to say yeah i was mm. about to say because i is... had mind control i think last week um yeah definitely i noticed the maltiness and the sweetness and mm. you know, blended with the abv as well just that mm. sweetness coming through whereas in yeah there it's not you're not getting much of a bitterness but you're not getting much of a sweetness either so mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense and yeah it's 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 doing it's doing what it does very very well uh, even with that slight sweetness, that kind of blends in with the, you know, with the malts, with the with the tropical fruity flavours, quite well. That um, if I wasn't as versed in, you know, drinking these kinds of beers, 
I would probably have just put it to a slight sweetness, you know, slightly fruit, slightly sweeter fruit, perhaps, you know, maybe a little bit of citrus, maybe a little bit of orange or something in there as well. Um, mm. But yeah, it just it just peeks through just a little bit, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and I imagine by the end of this, which I can already, I can already, I can already tell you that I, I'd probably be able to you know, crack straight into yeah. another one. Yeah. Uh, because that, it's so, so easy to drink. That's not going to be there for much longer. This should have been a free beer podcast. <laughs> probably should. But it's either that or it's only going to be about twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Bye. <laughs> Games are cool. Beer's <laughs> cool. Um, what I'm thinking about with Daya is when I first had a Daya beer. Um, like juice bombs, like that kind of beer, mm-hmm. was only just it was it was literally at the peak, not even the peak, the start. Sorry, of like yeah. juice bombs and was this early last year? No, it was the year before. I think I think it was yeah. two thousand sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when okay. I first had yeah. one of their beers, Steady Rolling Man, and that was like the very start of oh IPAs. They don't always have to have this bitterness at the end. They can just be fully juicy, they can be smooth, they yeah. don't have to be hoppy as such. And I'm wondering if because the industry has moved towards oh yeah, everyone has a juice bomb in their catalogue, where I'm thinking maybe day is not that special anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. No, I still love their beers. Mm. They, they just have an ease of like making something so flavourful. Yeah. So I'll always appreciate that, but it's just it's it, it, it's hitting me. It's um, it, I'm thinking, oh, is it just because I hadn't, well not never, but seldom had that kind of beer before, and that's why they're yeah. so special, or is it because their beers are truly amazing? And I think the amount of people who still come to their tap room every week and the amount of demand for their cans, I think that's still the case. Mm. It might have just tempered. Okay. See, you see what more of their beers are like because I imagine now that they've got their canning line, they'll be experimenting with new beers, new flavors. I mean, some of the stuff that they have on tap at their uh, tap room every week, I've never tried. Some I have, but it's like I don't know. It's interesting to see. I'll really be interested once they get more cans distributed. What I think of Mm. new ones. Interesting. Yeah, it it seems that they're. You saying that they've got a lot of um, you know beers in the taproom and stuff which you haven't seen before or haven't had, and it might be that they are they're catering more to their their local market rather than trying to put as many you know brewing as many different beers to, to can mm. as as possible. You know they haven't quite taken that step that maybe Cloudwater did previously, where you know you go into a bottle shop now and you might see ten different yeah. types yeah. of beer from Cloudwater. Uh, because they they stepped it up, and I think they they stepping it up again, or in the process of being stepping it up, or they're opening up some kind of new cold store in London or something like this. Oh, are they? I seem to remember okay. reading. That's interesting. They're opening something in London. I don't remember mm, exactly what but, it was. But I always think of Clarewater as being pretty huge. But in terms of mm. microbrewing and how many liters they actually produce, it's probably not as much as I'm thinking. But that would be interesting. No. Yeah. It would. There's a there's a big debate in uh, you know coming from a lot of um, the smaller breweries in Manchester at the moment that the government are being lobbied mm. to um, get rid of this this tax relief or to change how that tax relief works. Um, so a lot of those mid-sized brewers are going to be kind of going to be hit by it because yeah. suddenly 
they're producing the the wrong amount to be able to get that tax relief. And I, re- I remember when kind of the whole vote with Brexit was rolling around that um, I can never remember the fella's name from Cloudwater, but he's, he constantly oh, put yeah. constantly yeah. He, he occasionally puts out a blog every now and again, just talking about the company and what they're doing, where they're going and stuff. And he mentioned something like this, something about the the tax relief, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, and how it helped them a, a huge amount. It was interesting, just from an economic standpoint. I mean, regardless yeah. where you stand on like a political spectrum, it was just interesting. From a, if you're interested in beer and just economics on the whole, it was interesting. Mm. But his his um his pitch was basically, I'm not on either side, but. If you vote Brexit, this is how it's going to affect us, and it will affect yeah. us all. Which was an honest way of, you know, just talking about it. And mm. Yeah. Um, as you say, I mean, there's tons of breweries in Manchester. You know, and small, medium, big, who could be affected by this. And Yeah. It's a shame, because there's a lot of talent coming out of that part of the uh, country. Like when you think of marble, when you think of... Um, I think track brewing are from there as well, and it's just just a ton. So. Mm, mm. They do. They do produce a lot of good beers, and if this, um, I, well, the, I, I assume this tax relief is is countrywide, so it won't just mm, be yeah breweries in in Manchester. I think it was I can't even remember what the newspaper is called. Maybe it's the Manchester Evening Post or something like that. Um, that I read this in. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they're you know reporting on it from that part of the world. But I think it's something that's going to affect everybody. So something yeah. to kind of keep a keep the lookout for, yeah. really. I, yeah. I wish, I wish um, all these breweries were there when I was up in Manchester. But then again, <laughs> as a student, I'd probably be able to afford one a week. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. I mean, that that's part of it as well. You know, mm. uh, people were saying that if this this tax relief changes. Uh, the, from these smaller breweries, or from even from these mid-sized breweries, the price of their pints, the price of their cans and bottles, they're they're going to go up because they don't get the tax relief that they used to. Mm, They've got to spend yeah. or more of their money is going to go to tax. They can't then be able to sell a can at you know say a Cloudwater, one of their small batch, not small batch, but one of their small beers, you know the lower uh, ABV yeah, ones the that they put out, you know, the, yeah, the, the two point nine percent or whatever they do, it's what like. In the bottle shops, less than three quid. Most of something, them, you know. Are, to be honest, I mean, that's true. They, they do. Yeah, they're, they they're have low. a wide gamut of prices. Mm. Um, you know, if you're getting a double IPA, you're not going to expect to pay two pounds for it. It's probably going to be like five, perhaps even six. Yeah, five, six quid. Know? Yeah. But um, but yeah, and you know, economies of scale, they can obviously produce larger batches than most brewers. They're not as mm-hmm. artisan as other brewers are going to the same kind of shops limited release you know the yeah. smaller brewers who potentially have massive talent like Daya I mean they were they're still considerably small time you know mm. if they have to put their beers out at like start at seven seven pounds for a 500 mil can that would never be noticed you know someone would be like oh yeah this is great and champion it but everyone would be like not paying seven pound for uh, just over a pint mate you know yeah. yeah. Scary times. But <laughs> we always have We'll have to Carly. stock up. We'll have to stock <laughs> up. We always have Carly. Oh, we'll, we'll stock up and every beer will just say drink fresh on it and we think, oh, bollocks, no, I'll drink all it. of these now in the next two weeks. I'm right? taking it into my bunker. 
Yeah, just hide away yeah, with it all. When nuclear winter comes around, everyone's going to be like, oh no, I'll still have my beer. Good. That's good. That's all you need. Yes. Maybe the switch as well or something like that, just to. When there's no electricity, the switch ain't going to cut it. That's true. Mm, yeah, You'll have to have hours. hundreds, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of already pre-charged battery packs yeah. just waiting to, to plug in through the USB. I'll to just get to my Game up. Boy. Just take about oh. a six billion batteries down there. Oh, that's it. <laughs> and a lamp full of backlighting. <laughs> <laughs> Gas lamp. Oh, yeah. mate. I remember the... Um, was it the, the... When the first... Not the first DS, not the clamshell one, but the... Like the first um, change on it when it went to that slightly more boxy kind of form. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what did I say? The two DS? No, it's just the DS. Yeah, just, just the, the DS. DS. Yeah. When that, yeah, when that came out. Um, so I had one of those, and I picked up one of those carts that you could put a micro SD card in, and just ripped as many games as possible <laughs> that were out at that time. Uh, things like Elite Beat Agents. Which is an absurd rhythm game. Never with, heard of it. It's, it's crazy, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous Japanese rhythm game, but all with like David Bowie and like loads of dance songs and mm. loads of tons of stuff like that. And I absolutely loved that game. And I'd ripped maybe 100, 120 games onto this micro SD card and just kept going back to that one. Yeah. So I don't remember, <laughs> but I don't think. The DS was battery powered. I think that well, battery powered, but I think you you it was a rechargeable battery. I don't think. Straight into I'm trying the mains, to think of, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to think of something that else rather than just the Game Boy that I can take in. But I'm probably stuck with just a Game Gear then, aren't I? Uh, Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not the version that Switch is probably charging about thirty pounds from. <laughs> from Ubisoft, yeah, because they acquired the Hasbro license. No, not that one. Just the good old board game. Just the board game, which yeah. it angers everybody. Well, not unless you steal a few hundreds from the uh, yeah. bank, there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now I know how you roll. No, I was the a bank clean have to player. Sit on the... I was like, let's yeah. do this properly. Nice. Let me clean up everything, like the capitalist <laughs> I am. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. <laughs> oh no, when we come to Birmingham, that that's what we'll be cracking out then. A little bit of Monopoly. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Get absolutely smashed and just uh, try and that, that take over. That game will last more than five minutes. <laughs> no, it definitely won't. We no. won't get around to go one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be too engaged in conversation. Yes. Um, obviously, uh, I have played a game. Mm. Well, actually, I played two games. Um, one I want to talk about later, but one I'm going to kind of touch on a little bit now. Uh, it's almost an addendum to my previous chat about Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up the first DLC pack for it, which is called The Hidden Ones. It was on sale. It was about a fiver. I think it's maybe about eight quid, nine quid, something like that normally. But yeah, it was a fiver. And it gave me a couple of evenings more of, you know, more Assassin's Creed Origins. A new area, you're now in sort of the edge of the, the Sinai Desert uh, and the Assassins kind of spread. They've got a bureau as such because Assassin's Creed Origins is all about kind of the establishing of the 
the assassins as a uh, not an organization not a corporation what are they like <laughs> a, a, a limited liability yeah. partnership selling, aren't they really t-shirts that says yes. um, kill all crusaders Templars, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I think that, yeah, they're more like an LLP. They've all kind of put a little bit of money in each, but they've got to do their own taxes. Um, but it's it's good. It's really good. It builds. Yeah. It's just more Assassin's Creed Origins, and I really like that game. And it's it builds nicely on the story element because you kind of got to a point in Assassin's Creed Origins where you're like, well, what what happens? What happens next? Right. Yeah. What? How, how does it build from here? And this. Although it's small, it gives you a little bit of that, and to see how the kind of the brotherhood, um, you know, evolves and, mm. and stuff. Uh, it, an interesting. Oh, go on, sorry. Is this part of a season pass, or is it just standalone uh, DLC? I you can if you buy the season pass, mm. you you do get this as part of the season pass, okay. um, and you need the base game to be able to play it. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, as I said, it was on sale for like a fiver, and I don't remember what the other one, the second thing mm. is called, like the Curse of the Pharaohs or something like I that. Can't I'm sure I've um, seen these things pop up, but yeah, I mean that came out recently, so was still full price, but that's that's higher. That's like thirteen, fifteen quid. So I think it's a bit of a bigger experience than the hidden ones mm. was, uh, but. Yeah, I kind of wanted a little bit more Assassin's Creed. When I saw it on on sale, I thought I'd I jump straight into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just more Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft. Like, I'm not too interested in most of their games. I mean, if they bring out a Splinter Cell and it's not open world, God forbid, I'll be completely into that. But mm, I, are they going to follow Metal Gear Solid Five? I hope not. Mm. I don't want an open world stealth game. Just. It's it's like as even though I love Hitman, which is kind of open world, yeah. I don't want that. I just want. I want, I want <laughs> You've had that. You want something party, else? You know. Yeah. I love conv- anyway, um, I like what Assassin Assassin Ubisoft. <laughs> I like what Ubisoft yeah. does with their games. You know, like Siege's got this three-year tail on it now, and mm. Wildlands is getting a second season. Yeah. Division lasted a while. That lasted well, yeah. I mean, the At division, least two years. yeah. Whilst it was a little bit unbalanced and a little bit broken when mm. it released after That's the first kind of Ubisoft though now completely, mm. completely after the first kind of month or so, um, maybe six weeks, two months had kind of died down and people had moved away from it onto something else. Mm-hmm. I think they they put some proper work into yeah, that. And it's admirable. When it, it's, it is, it's it like, really is. I don't want to play games as a service or anything like that, but. I can stand stand from afar and appreciate and admire what Ubisoft do, even with something that's not working, like For Honor. I think the problem mm. was like um, dedicated servers for that game. Yeah, and they still keep at it. You know, when other developers think this doesn't benefit us in the long run, especially financially, mm-hmm. but Ubisoft keep at it. They believe in their products. They're always bringing out different IP. They're a really good publisher. Like I don't care about any of their games. I like South Park. I will like Splinter Cell in the future. But it's nice to have them around and, you know, considering that I had that shadow of the takeover for so long over their head with them yes. doing everything. It's nice to see them. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, the stuff that they're going to do now. Um, like, Unshackled. Um, like, 
E3 is always a monumental occasion because it's like, what is Ubisoft going to be like? Oh, and one more thing. <laughs> it's it's always interesting to see in like Skull and Bones or Beyond, yeah. Beyond whatever that game Beyond is. Good and Evil yeah, 2, yeah. That will never come out. It's nope. always exciting to see <laughs> what they're going to do next. So, yeah, I really appreciate Ubisoft. I'm never going to play their games. Assassin's Creed Origins is way too big. <laughs> it is a massive, massive game. Yeah, I, I, I started it and, you know, went into the map, started uh, zooming out. <laughs> and I'm like, how far does this go? Went for about five minutes and immediately had an anxiety attack and I was just like, no, I'm not ever playing this game. No, no. Never, never. <laughs> you're just panning. You're just panning around the map, thinking I'm yeah. never going to get to this I part. I'm, I'm never going here. Across the room. It's <laughs> too big. Make just in stop. fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've. I, I suppose I've never been like a vocal fan of Ubisoft, but I played a lot of their games. Um, mm. You know, played a lot of their betas as well because they're very good at. Um, you know, especially for these kind of games of service games, things like For Honor, The Division stuff. They they stick out, uh, you know, stress test weekends, beta weekends, stuff like that. So they're always very good at allowing people uh, to sort of experience yeah. it before it Try actually before comes out. It. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Mm. Uh, it definitely made me realise I didn't want to, you know, that I wanted the division, or that I didn't want for honour. You know, a great sort of litmus test yeah. for for knowing which which games that you're going to pick up. But they're kind of their dedication to keeping these games going um i think they've suddenly realized that they don't need to churn out assassin's creed every year yeah. they yeah. they don't need to hammer these franchises they can take their time with things they can step back and reassess what they're doing and it would be great if yes the season pass for assassin's creed which is in my opinion overpriced hmm. um because it's the two dlc packs plus a load of cosmetic items which I have absolutely no interest in, and buying the two DLC packs, even at a full price, is cheaper than buying the season pass uh, because there's these cosmetic items. Can't you thrown get those for well. you play points anyway? The cosmetic uh, ones. I have no idea. I don't know. You might mm. be able to. I haven't it's looked into that. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd it is still. It is. You'd save some from bundling them. Mm. Yes, yes, but they do, they do support, and I know that they kind of reassessed where they were with Assassin's Creed, and it may have been, you know, in the pipeline, or it may have been something that they actually thought, no, we need to, we need to step back and we need to redo what we, or rethink what we're actually doing with Assassin's Creed, and the year off that they had from it maybe wasn't a uh, an experiment yeah. anymore that they've I'd hope, realized I'd hope that. So. I, I really yeah. don't want to see. Another Assassin's Creed this week, this year. This week, fucking hell! Where's it, it, it that It practically come from? was every week a few years ago. So. <laughs> but um, even a new Watch Dogs, I think, just let that cook. Yeah, you know? let it cook. yeah. Come out with a new IP. I mean, if you're brave enough to go against like Red Dead, Call of Duty, and everything, like, mm. and they are, and they can do that. But go for a new IP. I mean, that's what Ubisoft screamed to me. It's always a new IP. Look at Mario and Rabbids, they made a new IP mm. for like the most famous video character ever, and it's like they can do that and they can own it. So yeah, completely be creative, you know. And I'd love More that. than likely, they'll come out with Ubisoft All Stars Battle Royale. <laughs> well, they'll come out with Splinter Cell, the next one, on October like twenty sixth, same day as Red Dead or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll just, just get send buried. it out to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'll really love it. And I'll play that instead of Red Dead. And then everyone no, was won't. like... Mm, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone was just like, oh, remember that? No. Because <laughs> they sent it out to die. The crew too. Yes. That happened. Mm. That, that's happening, happened. That's happening. It hasn't come out yet. Past yeah. or previous or... Whatever tense, I don't know. What God, I thought that game was out like six months ago. No, they've they've um. Was that Need for Speed? Re- was there a Need for Speed last year? Yes, there was. That's oh, EA no, though, isn't there it? Wasn't. Need for Speed. Was there really? Burnout Paradise came out a couple of weeks ago. I played a bit of that. It seems fun. The, the oh, trial, did you? The free trial. Yeah. Ooh. I haven't had any inclination to go back, but it was like this seems fun. I think I burned out. Pardon the pun hey. on racing games probably about seven years ago, to be honest. Because <laughs> I used to love them, but I don't think anything's done anything that new, yeah, for me to justify me going back to them. That's but fair, that's fair. stuff like Colin McRae's Rally or Topper Touring Cars and shit like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I loved no. did you Did you play Burnout Paradise when it first no, came out? I didn't. Mm. I um, I was still on Need for Speed back then, yeah. And I lo- I loved Need for Speed, even the run. <laughs> I loved that one for some reason. But um, <laughs> but yeah, racing games yeah. just don't do it for me anymore. I I, I really it's want fair. to get into like Forza and Horizon, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it's like a time and a place. It's weird. So like these games just don't appeal to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's fair. Kind of, it, it's it's interesting the the genres that we sort of move away from or mm, kind of grow out yeah. of, even as they evolve. Do they evolve that much? Really, you know, a racing game is a racing game. <laughs> it's fundamentally the same usually. Most yes. Years. Same with I mean, shooters, you know, like multiplayer, yeah. especially. I think something like Burnout uh, peaked with is it Takedown? Apparently, uh, that's and, the one everyone said is the and, best. Yeah. Yes, and Paradise. I, I thought it, uh, Paradise was maybe the the one that perhaps sold the best. I think they were kind of burnout. Was it's not it's it's peak in quality, but maybe it's peak in popularity yeah. uh, with with Paradise, which is why they've chosen to pull that one out. Uh, but I played it when it originally released. Well, n- sorry, not when it originally released. I played it a little bit afterwards because it was a free PlayStation Plus game back oh, on okay. PlayStation Three. Yeah. Uh, and I remember thinking, ah, oh, I've never, you know, I haven't really been that interested in this. I played the occasional uh, racing game. I, you know, played the Run or Need for Speed Underground, the first one. Uh, you know, things like Gran Turismo and, and stuff. Yes, and I've always been yes. sort of slightly interested, and I really like Drive Club and you know uh, some well, games. Well, that's where it happened. That's where it teetered off Drive Club. That's that's where it died. <laughs> yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Uh, but yeah, Paradise was. It's because it's, oh God, it's another open world game. Um, because mm, it's open world, yeah. it kind of pulled away from the the tried and tested. Just do this, you know, this the lap of this run, or just go and do a couple of laps of this run, or here's the course that you're going to be driving around. Uh, Paradise just opened it up so much yeah. to allow you to just roll around and just pick and choose what you wanted to do and i've always liked the idea of burnout and that they have the kind of like the crash cam and 
you can just smash through bollards and into other cars and it is so arcadey. Yeah. It is it is so on that kind of level, you know, versus Drive Club Gran Turismo, which is like pure sim like driving yeah. sim. Mm. Um, that because I played kind of like you know uh, Gran Turismo a lot, I think that's exactly what I wanted. Just that that pure arcadey experience. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm not interested in picking it up now. I played that game. Yeah, uh, it's weird, isn't it? It's like mm. as I said, time and a place. Yeah. Racing games just don't do it for me anymore. It's just, mm. just it's quite sad. It's quite sad. Oh. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm getting older. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I much prefer like guided experiences in games, like just linear, and it's like you're going from A to B. And there's eventually mm-hmm. a finish. I mean, if yeah. you completed everything, Burnout Paradise did all the jumps, did all the races, etc. There'd eventually mm-hmm. be a finish, but I prefer a much guided experience. Yeah, mm. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, something like Cold of War. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> it's Thursday. Which, of course, the... with this bit, no, it's Friday. No, you said at oh, the yeah, start oh, yeah. it was Friday. Sorry, my employer. It's Friday, the twentieth of April. I've, I've played means, God of War. It's awesome. Which yeah. means everyone's had God of War, yeah. and, and we've all played it. It's great. Yay. Yeah, yeah, Norse. But Trees, we're not going to talk about it at Norway, all. Sweden, <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> Scandinavia. Scandinavia mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Scandinavian oh. beers. Too old. You're great. Oh, good beers. Yeah. I haven't seen a too old in a while, oh. actually. Uh, can I just quickly divert? Yes. Uh, their series, uh, Too Old. Um, it's like Mr. Pink, Mr. Uh, Orange, mm. basically Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I think I've only had their Mr. Blue, and it was an Imperial. Berlin of Ice, and I was like, "How do those things Bloody go? To he- How do they go together?" It's like you think a sour beer, but they're making it imperial strength. Amazing, definitely pick up. And that is my tangent. Ooh. Nice, a good tangent. Mm. Um, let's stick with you. What have you been playing? If you haven't been playing Burnout Paradise, mm-hmm. or all of these other games we've been discussing, <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh, I played an iOS game, but it's also on Steam. It's called mm-hmm. Vandals. Oh. Um, oh. It's made by Cosmographic, who are a French de- developer. They made Typewriter, and people probably only are aware of that game because I think it was on PS Plus. Yeah, it was. A few months ago, maybe last year. Last year, sometime. Yeah. I remember playing it. Last year, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a pretty decent game. It's it's a it's basically a platformer typewriter. This is um, it's a platformer, and it basically educates you about the world of fonts and how fonts came into mm. being and the history behind them, like the much maligned Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, and there's a whole level based on that and how why it's maligned so much and why it came to being. And its creator, etc. But yeah, that was a pretty decent game. Um, yeah, it was. But I think it's the developer's next game after that. I don't think they made anything in between. But mm-hmm. this is a complete deviation from that. Um, it's not a platformer at all. Um, it's The best way to describe it is Hitman Go. And Hitman Go. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically Hitman Go. Oh, yes, it, well, that's not, that's not a bad thing. Absolutely not. It's a fantastic thing. Um, 
It's a sort of isometric uh, grid-based strategy game. Um, yeah. If no one's played Hitman Go, you definitely should. Or Deus Ex Go, or... It's called Lara Croft Go. Lara yeah. Croft Go, yeah. Fantastic games. Um, they're only on... No, they're not only on iOS, they're on PlayStation as well. They are. And possibly Steam? Who knows? But, yeah, definitely go play those. But it's basically a strategy game on how to get to another place on the board. Um, each move is a swipe on the uh, iPad. If you're playing it on iPad, I'm playing it on that. Play it on iOS. Mm. I'm sure it's on Android as well. Not sure about that. But um, each move is a swipe. Um, and the in Hitman, you're basically taking out targets or... Lara Croft, you're taking out snakes. Deus Ex, you're taking out turrets, basically. But in this game, yep. you play as like probably a teenage boy who's just going around the streets. So far, I'm only playing the Paris level, so I don't know if it extends to other places in the world. I'm only on Paris. It is a French developer, so I don't know if it extends out of France. But um, you're basically a gra- graffiti artist, so you're manoeuvring around cops, um, Le Gendarme, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to uh, spray paint your artistry on these walls. Um, obviously, when you do that, the cops are alarmed and you have to escape from them and finish the level. But what's really neat about this game, what's really unique about this game, is that when you're spray painting the art, you can put your own touch on it. You can actually, It actually goes into like a first-person... Um, mode where you can select the paints and select the uh, oh um, select what you want to draw onto the wall and once you've That's done cool. that um, once you're back into the isometric view yeah. it actually shows you what you've um, drawn oh in. nice integrates That's very into cool. the world it's really yeah. good um, the only criticism I have of that is that the art art tools aren't that extensive. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter because I'm not creative at all. So usually I just write Lucy. <laughs> just, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> it's spray paint. Because I'm not creative at all. Or just, just draw a giant cock. Yeah, some really crude pictures. You know? Yep. Not not crude in nature, but just crude in construction. Just really bad pictures. Cause I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not artistic at all. And I'd love to see the artistic people amongst us what they draw um, yeah. because you can just share it to Twitter or Facebook after that like most things just simple button share to social media but yeah that's that's really the twist I, I did describe it as Hitman Go mixed with that future game Concrete Genie but that game yes. hasn't come there it hasn't come out so it's like it's hard to describe something as something that's mm, it's not out yet could be like this, but it has the kind, of, same kind of art style. It's yeah, perhaps tonally yeah. from what we've seen of Concrete Genie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that game has more of a story in terms of um, this kid's getting bullied and this is how he expresses himself artistically. Mm-hmm. This doesn't really have a story, it's just simply strategy games that you can um, like lure the cops or throw a bottle out of The Last of Us, try and distract them. Mm. Um, I didn't get too far in it, so I don't know how extensively the mechanics go. But okay. so far, it's um, it's been it's been good uh, in terms of just the pure mechanics 
of it. It's a very yeah. pure strategy game. Um, each level you can get like three stars. I think one is for one is for completing in a certain amount of turns. Mm-hmm. One is for getting a bonus. There's always a bonus in the level. It's basically you have to go to this kind of square or little dot on the on the map, and then you pick up the bonus and. The other is for not being seen by any of the cops. So, I've been replaying the levels, trying to get the three stars. So there is replayability yeah. in it as well. Nice, that's good. Yeah, um, and there's collectibles as well, um, just like I think the Lara Croft Go games. There was always um, a few urns that you had to tap and get the uh, treasure in. Yeah, it was in Hitman. It was like a briefcase or something like that, wasn't it? You had I, to I think pick Hitman up. was the bonus and that. Factored into the how many stars you get. Yes. So it's, so it's more no, similar true, yeah. to that. It, yeah. It's like a mix between, oh, you got this small little thing in the environment that you have to find in terms mm-hmm. of Lara Croft Go, and then Hit Mango, you've got the briefcase as well. So it's kind yeah. of a mix yeah. between those. But, but nice. Yeah, that sounds it good. Yeah. Is, is, I've, if, I've just yeah. added it to my um, my Android wish Brilliant. list. I think it's three ninety nine. Yes, yeah. it is on Android. Yeah. yeah. If you're pining for more, like, Go games. Don't know why they haven't made one since. I think the last one was um, 2016 Deus Ex Go, I think. So it's been a good two years almost. I think that came in August. Mm. So it's been a while. And I know that yeah. they trademarked um, Life is Strange Go. That would be cool in terms of like time manipulation. That would be it'd be, yeah, it'd be very different to what they've done before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to see any Kingdom Hearts crap. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's literally on my. No, screw that. I, don't... I love the Go games, but I love Disney, but I don't want to see any. No, <laughs> sorry, no, I don't well, want to see it, any Final I mean, Fantasy. It, I suppose that's the thing as well. Like, sorry. I'm sorry. We're never we're never gonna have a we're never gonna have a Hitman Go two, are we? Because they've now released the the IP to yeah uh, the developer yeah. who have gone out by themselves oh, yeah. and self funded yeah. and stuff. And yeah, I don't so. know. There could be. There very much could be. They could say like because they have the IP. I don't know how attached that is to the kind of gameplay that um, Square still mm. maintain. I don't know anything about IP rights or law. Yeah. 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 You know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I did jump onto the um, the Play Store on Android uh, and found Vandals. Yeah. Um, and the thing that that most interested me, mm. just from looking at it on the app on the um, on the Android Play Store, was the games that the Android Play Store suggests are similar to it. And nothing, nothing about Hitman Go or anything like that. And I don't think the Play Store is the best place to find games similar to other games because I'm being told that Be Brilliant or Zoo Rescue Match 3 <laughs> or Jewel Castle or Cookie Island or Cookie Cat's Pop, yeah. some absolutely awful, awful, just fucking shit-looking games yeah. are, are pushed as similar we, we've we've talked about this before, and I've talked about the curation. On, yes, um, we have. Yeah, mobile devices. It's all absolutely awful. 
across all <laughs> devices. You know, Android, um, iOS. God knows what's happening on Windows Phone, but it, it, it's it's a shame because people boohoo mobile games as just cash grabs. It's like yes, that you know, it's a race to the bottom. That's what will float to the top. But there are some yeah. absolutely incredible mobile games out there. The last mm, few completely. years, you know, probably. I'm not even being hyperbolic. Probably like five, at least half of my games of the years are like on mm. mobile. So yeah, mm. yeah, it's 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 being supported a lot more in the last couple of years yeah. than obviously than ever before. But it's it's cutting through the uh, it's cutting through the chaff, isn't it? To to get yeah, to them. And I thought like iOS had done a good job at that in their last update, and they do actually highlight and write about. And get developers to, you know, write about their games, and that's featured on like the App Store, the front page. So it's getting there, but much to be desired. Absolutely. Yeah, very much, very much. Um, should we crack another beer? Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready for another yes. beer. Um, I'm going to open up the Tonkoko Milk Stout from Brew York. Fabulous. Drink. Not, not from the bottle shop. Um, I was going to cancel my beer 52 box, and I forgot. <laughs> That's what they want. And I got to my do. beer 50 video <laughs> yeah, completely. And I got my beer 52 box through. Uh, and actually, this month it's an excellent selection of beers. Oh, is that is the Brew York one part of the beer? Yep. I had excellent. two beers from Brew York uh, in this. There's a, a patrons project from Northern Monk. There are um, a couple from Wild. Uh, trying oh. to think of the other people. Uh, a couple happened? from um, I know, I know. Uh, what did I have last night? There's a couple from Tiny Rebel as well. So, yeah, a, 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 a really good box. Uh, yeah. This um, so, Stella yes, we've talked about Brew York in a couple of weeks ago. So I thought I'd, as I've got the opportunity to have one, I thought I'd have one. Yeah, I think um, it might have been last week, um, just before we recorded, or a few hours before we recorded. I had the. Imperial Stout, which is the same version of what you've got. Um, they've got a yep. Tonkoko Milk Stout and a Tonkoko uh, Imperial Stout. Mm. And I had the um, Imperial version. Oh yep. my god. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I fantastic. wonder. Oh, it'd be interesting to see what they've done differently with it. Because this is 4.3%. It's yeah, got Tonkoko yep. bean, vanilla, coconut, and cacao. And it's got a little bit of flavour text. Uh, Tonkoko is a creamy milk stout with a twist. Many have described it as liquid bounty due to the infusion of coconut, cacao nibs, vanilla, and Tonkoko. Tonkoka beans. Oh, is it Tonkoka? Tonkoka. Well, I've been saying it wrong all this time. Well, no, the, the beer is called <laughs> Tonkoko. Oh, right, okay. But it's a Tonkoka bean. Oh, God knows. There you go. There you go. And I thought it'd be interesting for me to have because I'm not a massive fan of coconut. I've had oh, yeah. a couple of beers with mm-hmm. coconut in, and it's just been so overpowering. Uh, but I'm in the mood for a stout. I haven't had a stout for a little while. Mm. Even though it's a blisteringly hot day, I'm, but, I'm now I nice and cool. I had a stout cool yesterday, and, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, especially as light as that, four, four, you know, just over 4%, yeah, yeah. you know? Because that's what I thought about that one. It's just very drinkable, you know? Mm. Good. Mm. What, are you, what are you cracking into? I'm cracking into a verdant beer. Um, it's called Quiet Charge, and it's a pale ale. Ah, yes, the green one. Yeah, they, they have a yes. few of these. 
um, like lime greeny cans. Um, mm. Can't remember what the other one's called, but they have another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the flavor text is Golden Promise. Carapils, carap, caragold, <laughs> oats and flaked wheat, citra amarillo, um, London ale free. This is why I don't read flavor text <laughs> because I can't pronounce anything. Is there any flavor text? I don't think no, there is on any verdant cans. It's four point five percent. It's verdant. It's fine. You don't need flavor text. Just <laughs> drink it. You know, for God's sake. <laughs> Made (laughs) sort of by the coast, almost. It's going to taste good. That's all you need to know. Nice, nice. So, Tonkoko. Ooh, that's that's hazy. Yeah, it it looks just like the Daya. Like one and a half white head, kind of frothy. Hazy, juice bomb looking. Same thing. Nice. Mm. Um, The Tonkoko. You definitely instantly get that coconut off the nose, mm. but it's not. I don't know. It kind of doesn't. I don't know whether it's the sweetness. I don't know whether it's the lactose, with it being a milk stout. But it's. It doesn't make me think of coconut. It makes me think of those little sweets, the coconut sweets, which kind of have that Banty. coconut. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Not not chocolate. Mm. Um, I can't. What are they exactly? They've got like a coconut frosting, like little flakes, kind of like over the 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 top of them. I mean, it almost makes me feel a little bit more like it's a sweet rather than a yeah a, a, a chocolate kind of thing. Yeah. But that's just in the that's just in the nose. It might be okay. completely different in the flavour, and more of the cacao nibs are coming through in the mm-hmm. in the taste rather than the nose. But off the nose, it's very pleasant. I mean, yeah. Yes, I'm not a massive fan of coconut, but it's a lovely smell. Oh yeah, yeah. Just anything with like even though some some flavours might not agree with you like coconut and I know mm. you don't like peach nevertheless yeah. it's always a very nice smelling mm. Mm. I mean completely you know sometimes you taste with your eyes and you you know smell everything yeah. all the senses all go into it so if a beer s- smells like vinegar and tastes amazing you're still going to smell that vinegar <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Flavour-wise, it is sl- it is slightly different to the nose. Um, mm-hmm. The cacao is kicking in, but rather than it being kind of a... It, with it being too chocolatey, it's almost giving this very dry bitterness to it. it, it you know, it is like a cacao nib. It, it's not sort of like a refined yeah. milk chocolate as such. Um there is that sweetness from the lactose, definitely. And the coconut is balanced quite well between the two of those. Yeah. Uh, it almost sits in the middle of this this lactose sweetness and this more chocolate, the cacao bitterness, almost. Um, there's a slight... Uh, I mean, it says vanilla, and there is a slight, very, very slight hint of vanilla. You know when you have uh, Sailor Jerry's? And that's got a very slight hint of vanilla to it. Or at least three years ago, it had a really slight hint of vanilla to it until they changed the recipe and now it's just pure vanilla. Um, it, 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 it's kind of got that, that it just it just peeks through. As yeah. the almost the alcohol sweetness was doing in the mind control, 
uh, just kind of just peeking through just a little bit, but it was being balanced out very nicely. Uh, the vanilla is doing something very similar in this beer, and is is just just lifting it very slightly, so it's not just a bitterness from the um, from the cacao nibs. It's okay. not just a uh, a coconut flavour. It's not just the sweetness from the lactose. The vanilla kind of brings everything together. Just balanced. Uh, yeah. 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 Really. Well. And mm. I mean, the the kind of the couple of coconut beers I've had have really pushed on that coconut, like yeah. super pushed. Uh, I think the one that springs to mind is the Brewdog one, which is something to do with a Pope. It's one of their. Um, like three name series mm. where a beer has three random name, th- three random words that have been put to it, and it's something something Pope or like South Park and the Manatees, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly <laughs> that, exactly. Um, yeah. And that was super, super coconutty. Yeah. Uh, this, it, it's not, it's not hitting me in the face with coconut. That is just part of the overall flavour profile, and this is a very well balanced beer. Mm. Yeah. That was my thoughts exactly about it. Um, it's like the Imperial version. When I think about it, I don't immediately think coconut. So when you were reading mm. the flavour text, I was like, oh yeah, coconut. <laughs> but in the Imperial version, oh, you've got to try it. You have to try it. Yeah. It's a five out of five for me. It, it, it's nice. just it's so great. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's like everything you want from a stout, like smooth, creamy, enough coffee, enough bitterness, enough sweetness. Mm. It's just absolutely fantastic beer. Good. But yeah, the, Good. The, the, um, the milk stout is like a more tempered version yeah. of that. And then it's just like they went, boom. This is what we can do. This is what we're capable of with the Imperial mm. version. It's great. I think the Imperial version is only like seven percent as well so it's not okay. really imperial strength as well it's not like 11 or 12 like. yeah and i think that helps because mm. you know more alcohol you probably get more sweetness and i think that would sure. throw it slightly off balance mm-hmm. so. but yeah what they have definitely recommend anybody trying it out they're obviously up in yorkshire brew york so yeah, um, I've, as i think we've we've said previously when you mm. when you had a couple or when you had one of their clans um I've never seen them down here in Bristol, so yeah, yeah. it's it, you know, which is why I wanted to to pull this can out of the um, out of the beer fifty two box to have. Uh, but it's maybe something after having this and actually experiencing how well this beer is made. Um, it's it's possible. Well, I know that I'm going to be sort of ordering beers in mm. a little bit more now that I've moved away from kind of the, the more central area of Bristol where the bottle shops are and they're not quite as accessible as they previously were. So. I know that I'm going to be sort of, you know, occasionally ordering in cases of, of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely one that I will yeah. instantly yeah. jump to and see if you know certain people have them in stock. Because like. you have the Triple H as well. Yes. Yeah, that is part of the box as is well. Is that a Triple IPA? Uh, no, it's no, no, no. It's triple a pale. Ops? I think. I don't know. I haven't read it. Yeah. I haven't read it. Yeah. I remember. Well, one thing I would say about Brew York is that the pales because they do they'd have quite a wide well for when they were first starting out that quite wide range you know like any brewery starting out having like eight beers it's like that's pretty that's pretty impressive you know yeah for them all to be good it's pretty impressive but i'd say that their pale ales are for me for me 
um, forgettable. But that's okay. I don't know if that's just a case of their stats being absolutely fantastic or mm. the inverse where uh, your pails and your IPAs aren't that special. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd love to see what they could do if, like, I don't know, a, a sour or a vice or whatever, whatever they could think of because they've obviously got talent behind them. Yeah. And to make a stout is no mean feat. You know, it's like probably one of the hardest beers to make. Love what they, I'd love to see what they could do for like a saison or a rice Completely. Beer or something. Uh, it, it's almost as we were, uh, you know, harking back to last week and the previous week, and you know, maybe every episode for the last sort of six, where we talked about sour IPAs and some, you know, Buxton have, have produced a couple of really good sour IPAs, and you know, some breweries do absolutely nail uh, a certain style. And, you know, it'd be interesting to, when I crack open the Triple H uh, from Brew York, to see if it has, is as well balanced and does what it's, you know, this this does exactly what it tells me it's going to do. So I'll, I'll have to see if it's a similar affair with the, with the Triple H. I kind of expected it to be, you know, the sweat of the wrestler rather than an actual yeah. beer. But... <laughs> oh, oh. Is this the beer fifty two box when the is it the best of the UK or best of last year or something? I have no idea. I did see a video. I was gonna I was gonna cancel it and I forgot, <laughs> so I haven't even looked into but it. Hey, I just suddenly the, I just got an email. Right exactly, I just got an email yeah. saying it's arriving. I'm like, oh good. I, I okay, think I great. might have seen something from them saying vote on this beer best of the year or something. That might be the okay. best of the year box because by the sounds of it, the beers that you got in there. I'd fully agree that those are some of the best beers that came out mm. in the last few years. Definitely the Brew York beer. Yeah. Um, we'll move on from this Brew York. How, how is your beer? Uh, you remember when I said, uh, I don't know if um, Daya have you know, lost their luster? Yeah. I was completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> this Verdant, it's great. It's another juice bomb. Uh-huh. Another, you know, really smooth, understated carbonation, um, very juicy, very tropical. But they just don't get the flavours that mm. they get out of their beers, you know? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I would assume, I mean, they've got uh, Citra Amarillo. May not be the mosaic that the uh, day I had, but... Verdant beer, any other day, that this beer would win. I'm already um, saying what's going to win this, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Verdant would win this week, but they just get so much more flavour out of their beers. I don't know how they do it. So, <laughs> But yeah, this is a really good beer. Like, honestly, 4.5%. Really drinkable. Just smooth, juicy, tropical. Mm. Again, it's the same as I had before, so there's not much more to say about it. But Yeah, that's fair. I'm enjoying it. It's going quickly. Nice. Yes. yes. Good. Good. We can sit here and we can enjoy our beers whilst mm. we talk about Absolutely. another game Ooh. that I've played. played. Two games I know. In a week. I know. I played two games. Um, Get off the podcast. You should be. <laughs> should be streaming with Drake. You're a pro. That's gamer. it, mate. I'm now. I've I've upgraded myself to uh, to <laughs> gamer. I'm no longer just casual gamer mm. anymore. Soon uh, you'll be. Influencer. 
Ooh. <laughs> if only, and then someone can send me some free games, and maybe I could be an influencer <laughs> for beers, and people can send me free beer. That'd be nice. Um, I'd rather but... the free beers and the free games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, games are pretty cheap. In yeah. the amount of time I consume them in, yeah. in comparison, comparison to beers. People complain, oh, it's only a six-hour game, I play 50 pounds for it. Mate, I drank a beer in two minutes, and that cost me five pounds. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe every every argument should just be that. Just ended instantly. Yeah. <laughs> with trying trying to be a beer aficionado, mate. Just just try it. Mm. Um, so, I kind of, kind of stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um... And I played a game which I know you've played. Uh, I know a lot of people played. I think it came out last year, and it was much spoken of last year. Uh, Zelda. It, no, fuck no. I want a Switch. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, it's a visual novel, mate. Uh, gone home. <laughs> was no. last year twenty twelve? Mate, it's all about the. Well, it's not. It's not oh, about the waifus oh, the, the, and the, the fucking uh, thing is th- that Yoku Doku. Yes, Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> yes, that's Yoku Doku, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm. Um, so, who for people who don't know what this is, mate? Uh, before we start this conversation, yes. I think we should just go into spoilers about it because we've both. Yeah, that's it. fine. Yeah, that's um, fine. So, if you don't want to hear what we're going to say about Doki Literature Club, then go away. <laughs> or come, come back, back in. in some amount of time, yeah. five minutes from the end. We can't I'll give you an amount of time. Come back when you can yeah. come back. No one can see click, me. Click about ninety percent through, and then we'll be talking about which beers were our favourite. Even though Lucy's already told you. Um, <laughs> Just stop listening then. Yeah. Ben well, likes the uh, beer. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're still with us and you don't care, you're not going to play this game. You might not. Well, you've played uh, it and you really enjoyed it. Or, you, or you've played it already. Doki Doki Literature Club is a visual novel, which is a, a kind of genre of games that essentially take you through a, a, a story in a very basic way. You're clicking a lot through text. And occasionally you have different choices to make. Um, it, it, it's not... I'd say it's not animated. There's not things like cutscenes. It's very uh, like almost storyboard esque in, in kind of like how it presents itself to. You. And Doki Doki Literature Club, I think, almost begins as as a standard um, visual novel. Romantic yeah, as a standard novel. kind of visual romantic I, visual I, novel. I've, I've not played many no, slash any, so apologies to the people who. Uh, do play those games and got a bit more out of this game because it subverts that kind of genre. It does, We're yeah. We're completely yeah. ignorant. Of we are, we are sort yeah. of vi- visual novel noobs. Mm. Um, but apart from the ones with pigeons, we did those. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, pigeon one. Oh, hato for boyfriend. <laughs> right, Doki Doki Literature Club. So. Uh, it starts off kind of as you expect it would do. You're chatting to these girls. You join a club, an after-school club, and you're chatting to these. It's full of girls, and you're chatting to them about kind of the books that they enjoy or, or, or readings and stuff. And you have to go away and you play like a, an, almost a sort of mini game where you sort of you have to pick certain words um, to write a poem with, but you can kind of cater towards one of the girls. 
and it makes you think that you are looking to you know either date this girl and with a lot of not a lot of visual novels that's probably a, a bad generalization to put out there mm. but with some kind of dating or romantic visual novels there is an uh, an essence of the you know girls get you, you see a still image of one of the girls that you've picked yeah. in their underwear mm. or something like that yeah so it kind of makes you think that it's 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 something like that and I'm playing through this game and I was maybe 40 50 minutes maybe an hour into it and I'm thinking eh, this is okay whatever happens in this hasn't hasn't happened yet and I didn't know what it was it gave a couple of trigger warnings at the start uh, I thought it was maybe a bit more spooky uh, paranormal kind of oh, thing right, going okay. on yeah. uh, from sort of the way that people had kind of addressed uh, it because as people have been talking about it when it came out they didn't want to give spoilers they didn't want no, to tell you much all, yeah. about the story it's surprising that you um, stayed away from this many spoilers um, I mean I didn't exactly know what it was either Okay. I don't think I was expecting the paranormal I think I was expecting yep. what it was which you'll get into well more, so. exactly as soon as that trigger warning came up it kind of changed my expectation of it. Yeah. And I thought, okay, there's there's a trigger warning for this. Maybe it's more to do with rejection and self-harm and stuff like this, which, yes, it, it is, and in a, quite an extreme sort of way. Uh, but in terms of when you get sort of towards the end of your playthrough, the fourth wall breaking, almost AI type twist that it gives, yeah. gives it such a such a fucking sinister yeah. depth to it. It's not just oh, this girl's really depressed because she wanted to be with you mm. and you picked someone else, so no, she can't be with you anymore. So you find her in her bedroom, hanging from her light fucking uh, socket. Spoiler. <laughs> Well, we said yeah, no, 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 no. I was saying spoiler for me playing this game was um, I started the game because I hate anime. I can't stand it. I apologise, people who love it, but I just can't get on with it. And yep. someone who suggested it to me on the Duck Hunters, uh, uh, Duck Hunters IGN uh, Facebook group. Yep. He was like, just stick with it, stick with it. And I was like, I was basically dictating, um, how, you know, just narrating my experience with him as I went. I was like, okay, I've started it. Okay, there's anime girls. Okay, it's more anime. I'm writing poems. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to hang myself because it's anime. And I got to the hanging scene. I was like, oh, that comment before about hanging myself seems quite <laughs> funny now. <laughs> seems quite insensitive now. But yeah, carry on. Yeah, she hangs herself. Yes. I, I saw that coming. In- I saw that coming. So it, it is know. it is telegraphed. It is telegraphed mm. quite well. Uh, they do give you kind of like the scenes before that are, are quite an extreme sort of reaction. But uh, with that trigger warning and kind of telegraphing what was coming, it almost kind of made me think. Like I didn't know that there was, uh, you know, you go on like a second playthrough and it's a different mm. experience and all of those sorts of things. It's very looping. When I first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'm sat there thinking some of the things that he's he's saying to her and almost like the pandering and mm. she's saying i'm you know I, I suffer from depression and this really isn't good for me and yeah. him saying hey I'm, I'm here for you i do whatever you want me to and all this i'm thinking this this it's 
it, it, I can sit here and think it, that's the wrong thing to say to her, but actually, yeah. it's probably something that a lot of people do. Yeah, it yeah. is. It There's is probably a, a general real reaction to people, maybe it, yeah. that do have you know depression and stuff. Mm, it, it, yeah. it definitely kind of it it does hit those marks really hard, doesn't it? Um, and it's it whilst it can be telegraphed, I was still quite shocked when that mm. when that image comes up. Of her sort of hanging herself, I was and expecting it. <laughs> so it yeah, that hard hitting. Uh, it, it is. It is it's very telegraphed. Stays with you because it does. It flashes up does. later as well. Yeah. Yes, it does. And the way then the second run goes, uh, where more spoilers, where that character just doesn't exist, and the game starts off by you almost treading the same ground, but then kind of glitches out I guess is the way to put it yeah. uh, and suddenly that character is gone um, and you play almost exactly the same game again but with only three of the girls rather than four of them um, and it just uh, I, I thought it was just very very clever okay. in the way that it, it kind of did that and yeah. then it played on that and pushed played on your paranoia then, it's just disconcerting oh, very much and have you played Pony Island? No, but I've okay. seen Pony Island. <laughs> because I was going to... Mm, let's make this conversation much harder then, because I would have thought you'd played <laughs> Pony Island. So I was like, yeah, just just spoil uh, Doki Doki. Let me say how Pony Island is better. But <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, no, do it. I've, I have seen I have seen a playthrough of Pony Island. Oh, you've seen a playthrough? Yes. Okay, that makes it a lot easier then. Um, I really like what this game did especially we must preface this with this is a free game anyone yeah. can play it it's considering that it's free it's just very high quality mm. and it you know it works well there's no bugs and no glitches and no nothing it, it, it spectacular game considering it's free i was just thinking throughout the entirety of it i preferred what pony island did i've okay. heard the um because, yeah, you have that glitchy kind of thing um, at the very mm-hmm. end. It's like, because it's a free game, and the uh, we are just going to full spoiler territory, the uh, girl at the end who's always been the, uh, oh, yeah, I'm the nice girl, yeah, I'm going to be here yep. for you, really turns out to be the whole mastermind behind this thing. Mm. Um, she deletes the game. She deletes the game, and it, it gets deleted from your um, files. Yeah. And... That would have been completely mind blowing if I hadn't played Pony Island. Sure, but the yeah. Fact that I have yeah. played Pony Island, and it did that kind, same kind of thing. Uh, what's quite funny is that um, Pony Island did uh, when I think you're fighting a particular boss. Um, it, in your Steam notifications, you know, it's like it comes up. Oh, so and so is online. This and that. It actually messaged me with good old Adam Thomas. Um, of P- what, was the, what was the name of your PlayStation podcast? <laughs> uh, P.S. I love P- you. That's what I was about to say, but I was just no, like, it's no, not that. That's I the fucking that. the, the kind Willis, of funny one, yes. isn't it? <laughs> yes. Out of the crossfire was the uh, yes. Out of the crossfire, Adam Thomas. The out of lives. The notification came up and said, "What the hell are you doing?" And I literally thought that was him. Yeah, I thought it was him. Saying what are you playing, what are you doing, uh, and then the game just completely tricked me. I was about mm. to message him back, but I was like, "Oh wait, 
actually the game. The game yeah. is messing with me. So, in this, in Doki Doki, it's like, if that had done this and I'd never played Pony on, it would have been... How you're saying it, how you're portraying it, and I do fully agree with you. Mm. It's kind of mind-blowing. It messes with your head and messes with the actual... Um, it's like the first Metal Gear game, when it vibrates your controller or, you know, say, reads your memory card. It's that yeah. kind of thing. It's it's external to the game. Does it's, something unexpected. Yeah, and I really appreciate what it's doing. But it's a, it's kind of rough. It's like you're saying, oh, I've seen this before, but it's still... And you're saying, you, you know, you've never played Pony Island, but mm. seen a play, you know, someone play it, but it's kind of... Um, it's not putting the game in its best light when you say, oh, yeah, despite seeing that before... Yeah. This is still cool. Yeah. So, I mean, anyone who hasn't played the game and has listened to this, it's just been completely ruined for them anyway. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just like you have to <laughs> see it firsthand and experience that firsthand. I think once that's been done, mm. it's a bit hard to recreate that kind of intrigue and surprise. But I do agree, it's an absolutely fantastic game, especially for being free. If it got me to play an anime game <laughs> for about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing something right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those that because of the 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 buzz around it or the people talking about it, it's been sat in my Steam library yeah. for since it released. You know, when everyone was talking about it, then I, I instantly added it because it was free. Yeah, so, uh, I just happened to have a free you know chunk of time to be able to jump into it, yeah. so I thought, why not? Um, the, th- the thing is, I thought it was going to go darker, and I was kind of expecting yeah. that when the um. The girl who writes who writes the depressing poetry, um, the one yes. notoriously got the big boobs. The the yeah dark haired yeah the, sort of tallish yeah, yeah the one yeah, who's yeah, a bit one, um, yeah. withdrawn because um, they're they're very they're very kind of archetypal yeah purpose girls as well aren't they yeah. yes yes um, when she started um, I'm not even spoiling it it's just disturbing to say. <laughs> when she started like cutting herself because she was yeah. like you know turned on by your presence um, mm. I was like yeah it's going to get really dark <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't I don't know what that says about me as a human being Mate, I was like, I was, fair, gonna go, I was like yeah let's let's do this <laughs> to, be, to be fair though but you know spoiler for the end of that run she does stab herself to death yeah that was hot but I thought it was like I thought it was gonna get even more. I was like, you know, I need should, more. I need yeah, more. need more foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like, yeah, but it was over too soon. So. Never it. mind. It's yeah. Too quick. Yeah, I thought it was gonna get really dark. Um, it made me think mm. a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it kind of uh, for the purposes of our discussion, it also made me think. Uh, it's 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 kind of the, the most recent game that's that's really um, kind of taken me out of my comfort zone. Uh, has made me feel kind of almost bad for the decisions that I was making mm. uh, during the game. You know, by spurring these girls on and you know, irrelevant <laughs> of kind mind. of how the game was sort of yeah, irrelevant well, of how the game was kind of spinning. Yeah. That that's it. That's yeah. exactly what it is. I feel bad as a man. Yeah. That's what it was. As you should. Um, yes, all the fucking time. Um, but it, it took me off guard completely. 
But it, it made me want to ask you, has there been any other games that have kind of caught you off guard or, or made you sort of or made you feel bad for kind of like what you were doing in the game? Yeah, I thought of one immediately when you posed this question to me. I think it's a really good topic as well. Uh, the Last of Us. Yeah. This is just full on spoiler section for everybody. <laughs> yeah, The Last of Us is fucking old. Years, Everyone should yeah. have played that game because that is a ten out of ten game. It's the best game ever made, according to Juicy Loose Nine. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end, when um, Ellie's on the operating table, and you're obviously already gone on this killing spree of all the soldiers and all the fireflies in the hospital. And you get to her, and it's like, okay, everything's done now. I can just pick her up and go. Joel, you've got what you wanted. And you're standing in that hospital, that hospital room, with your gun poised at the doctor, possibly the only doctor left who can find a cure for this horrible cordyceps disease. And it's just like, I just want to walk up to Ellie and pick her up. It's it's like, yeah, Joel, you've got what you want. (laughs) Let's just push our way out and leave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you have to shoot the doctor. You have to do it. And it's yeah. like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to come get Ellie in the first place. Just forces you through that whole scenario, that whole scene, mm. the whole corridors with all the, you know, the Firefly men. It's like, oh crap. Because in the last cutscene, it's like he shoots, um, is it Nadine? No, that's Uncharted. That's Uncharted, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the girl who looks like Nadine, because I'm racist. And all black people look the same. Oh, <laughs> um... <laughs> shit, what was her name? <sighs> yeah, she dies about halfway through, doesn't she? He shoots her. Um, at the end. And that's a cutscene. But the fact that you're in that oh, hospital... I was, thinking of, I was thinking of their friend. Oh, no, 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 no not her. Um, oh, the firefly Tess, chick. Tess. Yeah. Not Tess, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the black girl who looks like Nadine. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With her hair not tied back. I don't know. Anyway, um, her. You shoot her. <laughs> and that's like a cutscene. You can't. You have no control over it. You have no uh-huh. agency. But um, in the hospital, when you have to shoot that doctor, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Why mm. are you making me do this? And I think... That scene alone is why that game is ten out of, ten out of ten game. Many scenes prior to that and encompassing mm. that and alongside of that make it a ten out of ten game. But that scene alone, how Neil Druckmann had the the balls and the uh, yeah completely to just say, look, this is my game. This is a story. You are actually the bad guy of this story. Mm. And I was just like, oh my god, I don't want to shoot this doctor. Shot him, shot the nurses, done. <laughs> you don't have to I mean, shoot the nurses. You don't have to you shoot do, the nurses, no, no you don't. <laughs> but you do anyway. So I've got I think a, I did as well. I think I shot everybody, yeah. Exactly. It's completely different. It is completely different in a game as it is with like a novel or a film or a TV show. And uh, when I watched Altered Carbon sort of towards the start of the year, uh, you know, Takeshi Kovash, the main character, he's not a nice guy. He's he's not quite an anti-hero, but he's 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 bordering on anti-hero, and he does a few things which are kind of questionable, which maybe didn't need to be done, or he's a bit brutal with people mm. and stuff. And you kind of, you know, you can you can sit back and you can just watch it, and you go, yeah, fair enough, why not? 
because you're not doing it. But yeah. with that doctor scene, that is yeah, that is just it's, you it's not it's it. not you, but it's not you. You you have <laughs> to do that, but it is you because yeah. you are doing that. Um, it's just so powerful. It, it, it's like it, it is, and it has much yeah. more kind of you know impact than the the lie Joel tells to Ellie right at the oh, end. Oh God, um, that is a which, punch as well. Uh, it is it is a gut punch. Yeah. It's a big gut punch, and you I sat I remember sitting there thinking, oh shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, the fucking yeah. she. But she knows, right? Yeah. At the end, I but, was, she, but she knows you know, you're lying. Jaw on the floor at the very end of that game. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Can we just add an extra hour to this podcast? Just my <laughs> <laughs> last of us is the best game ever made. Oh. And just the we'll creative vision to do that, you know, and just say yeah, because you know I've seen so many interviews and you know op-eds and everything about this, but Neil Druckmann said it's like. Should I do this? Should I not? But it's like, no, I want to tell my story. I want to tell yeah, this story. Completely. Fantastic. Um, it, I must. It must be the same for a lot of creative directors, mm. um, who also act as kind of producers and writers mm. and stuff. You know, it must be the same as them. Almost uh, as it is for n- sort of novelists. You know, you you kind of you want to write your story, and yes, it has to go to editors or publishers or other people who might have input who will tell you that these kinds of stories don't sell quite as well as if you were to you know have a happy ending or your character was to do this instead of do that and and stuff like this so for him to you know stand up and and sort of say this is what i'm going to do this is my story and for um it does and for bruce australia to kind of like stand by him as well and to uh to back him up on that is is, is brilliant yeah, and it's why yeah, Naughty Dog yeah. have made him uh, they've, they've promoted him essentially yeah. uh, and he is now a lot more involved within Naughty Dog as a kind of like a, an organisation mm. rather than just the uh, the running of whichever game that he's working on um, so yeah I know, I know I, yeah, yeah it's like it kind of we started on Doki okay. Doki Literature Club and now all I can think about is that I can't wait for The, Unch- uh, for the Last of Us 2 I never wanted a sequel but I trust <sighs> them I trust I them I don't know probably. you're right I, I don't want a sequel I but I really want a sequel I, I really um, want another uh, game I don't want it from them I don't want it but I trust them if if I had a mortgage if I had a house <laughs> 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 for a 10 out of 10 game I'd put it squarely in their hands you know but um, uh, but to continue your topic I think the games that do it the best um, kind of moral decisions um, are like management scene games like um, Mm. This War of Mine I I got hooked on that game for like two weeks just played that non-stop um it's playing on Xbox, uh, streamed to my computer. I just, I'm just really hooked on this game, and it's like, I think it was based in like, um, it, and I'm not sure if it's a, uh, before or after the uh, degradation of like the USSR. Like, it's, yeah. I think it's Soviet Russia, basically. Um, you know, it could be Bosnia, Serbia. Whole lot of mess going on right there, which is unfortunate. <laughs> like many places um, in the world, but. Um, yeah, it was. It's just basically, do I basically let this person perish um, for the sake of other people? Do I had to put it on easy? I think in the end, because it was. It's just that brutal. 
Um, yeah, like, do I steal the food from these people yeah. to take back and feed my group mm. as such? Because it's, it's, uh, this War of Mine, is it's like a 2D survival simulator yeah. almost, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think I, I kind of played that maybe for a bit and just... It, it's one of those games that I always want to go back to, almost, that I played for maybe an hour and just thought, this is a bit too much... For, <laughs> for the moment I, yeah, I'm going to come back to this at some dark, other point you know? like, yeah. yeah and as I said I think I had to put it on easy because it was just too challenging um, in terms of decisions um, managing your resources getting other people into your group and trusting mm. them and thinking can this is this person going to consume more of my resources are they going to be able to help us get more medicine get more resources get more food or they're just going to be a drain on everything, and it's like you have to turn yeah. people away. Do we send them away? Yeah. Exactly. I think. I think. Yeah, management sins are a lot of what your your topic is, and or unless mm. you think about the Sims, and it's just like you want to put everyone in a pool with no uh, ladder, and it's just <laughs> that brings out the worst <laughs> in man. <laughs> Goes the other way oh. where. You don't feel Sims bad about all, killing people at all. Really, all you want to do on The Sims is just build a, a fucking giant, absurd house, isn't it, really? And fill it with yeah. full of stuff. Fill it full of junk. And then you let them live for a week and that's it. You kill them in the end most them and move on to the next one. Yeah, and you feel yeah. good about it. Yeah. We're sick. We're sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't... I, I, I'm not sure I've kind of... I've ever really felt how I kind of did with Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm. Um, Spec Ops, the line, mm, yeah, that's a definitely, good yeah. definitely gives you those kind of feelings that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing or the realisation after the fact of what you've done kind of hits you. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's almost at a distance... Yeah, I think there's a You know, you, you, yeah. you, you do harm to kind of other people who you've never interacted with, whereas I think Doki Doki does so well at doing what it does because you have that relationship with the character yeah. for it to then kind of turn and take on a very different uh, dynamic yeah. or for that character to kind of react to you in a slightly different way. Uh, it, it almost feels very... Not personal, but invested almost. Yeah, I, th I think it it's a very big difference between like linear games and more open games because, as mm. you, as you said with Spec Ops and um, uh, and stuff like, not even this war is mine, but you know Spec Ops especially and The Last of Us, it it's telegraphed. It's meant to do yeah. that. Whereas things like um, I don't know, say Red Dead when there's a sparse sparsely populated like buffalo population and you can literally kill the last one and it's like that's yeah. it it's more open you can do that or you don't have to yeah. um even with this one everyone I mean, did for the achievement exactly and it's like that's <laughs> that's the worst part of us <laughs> it's like the sims it's that open you can have a kind of utopia and just everyone you know die happily of old age or you can yeah force it that way so i think sometimes it's telegraphed by the developers and perhaps they're sick <laughs> or it's like well, yeah they just <laughs> leave us to our own devices and they're just like oh yeah they're even sicker than what we could ever think of you know to put in our game so 
Yeah, I, I think I think when games have turned me to, I think The Last of Us is you know definitely the mm. outsider in. I have such a moral objection to everything this character is doing, rather than, oh, I'm either guided to it and I agree with it, or yep. I don't mind doing this. I think Last of Us is definitely the um, uh, the standout in that, where I had the complete opposite thought. Sure. I, I don't have a child. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you'd react the same, but I'd be like, uh, it, you know, good good of human human, you know, humankind. Maybe sacrifice her. She's not my daughter, but she kind of is surrogate, you know. But I don't know. Well, I, it changes I, who I, you are, and you it know, does. It doesn't. I, I I don't know whether I would have reacted differently to that mm. game if I'd have played it now when with Evelyn acting, yeah. versus yeah when I played it, you know, when it released. Because mm. um, some people the, would the, come in the out opening, and just like yeah, I'd absolutely save her. I'd be like, you're yeah. a monster. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. It's also a. You know, I don't want to get too, you know, alienate anybody. But it's also a man-woman thing. It's like, would you, mm. you know, some women would just be like, yes, I'd have to sacrifice my own child, but everybody else's child would be better for it. But mm. are men inherently selfish? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Rolling my eyes. Um, I do. I, I do remember. The the Last of Us is kind of like gut punch after gut punch, especially with the opening scene, where uh, even even without having a kid, I I just I was fucking shocked by the opening scene mm, of The Last yeah. of Us, and I just sat there just sort of. It's one of those scenes where you kind of you don't really know whether you should cry, you don't really know yeah. whether you should. <laughs> I was just be, like, hold on, uh, you're opening of, with like, this. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I was. You're like, what? And I got to play it's, the rest of the game. Exactly, no. exactly that. <laughs> and it, it just it just hits you instantly, and, and you know not many games do that to you. And I would imagine maybe The Last of Us Two, they they should build on that a little bit more, and that kind of not just not just for shock value, but I can imagine that that's going to be very well written, uh, very well performed as well, um, yeah. and. And deliver kind of on on top of the first game, whereas I think something like Doki Doki Literature Club is is one game in and itself. You know, I don't really need to play uh, another experience like that. I've had it with Doki, and you you probably feel the same like with Pony Island. You know, you're saying yeah. that Doki Doki maybe didn't hit as much with you because you played a game not similar to Doki Doki, but that kind of gave you the same almost feeling. Mm, yeah, uh, it did with kind of what it did, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So thematically, with yeah. yes, with something like that, maybe you have that kind of one one and done kind of game. Whereas with The Last of Us, with it being maybe a little bit more narrative based, a little bit more kind of uh, invested, actually invested in the characters because you are playing as them, uh, you know, as a third person action game. Yeah. It's not a visual novel where you're just clicking through text. You're actually playing as these characters and doing things at them. Perhaps you're more invested in the character and yeah. what they're doing. You know what I think is the true test? Tomorrow, when God of War comes out. Mm. I think if that is... Today, as God of War yes, has today, come out. Third time. <laughs> today, when God of War... We've played it. We've played it all. 20 hours. <laughs> yep. Finished it. it this, this podcast came out at 4am. No. 
what's four hours to midnight? Eight eight p.m. <laughs> eight p.m. Yeah, we started at twelve a.m. <laughs> finished it. Done. Done. But but I think that is the real testament to see how much games can engage us on emotion on an emotional level. Because mm. I don't think that because that's how Last of Us is still the best game for me. Yeah. Just on an emotional level, how it integrates up with the mechanics. That's why I'll always mm. harp on about. Gone Home or Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Yeah, I honestly think that's what escalates, what elevates games for me. Um, you can think of new, you know, new um, generations and think, oh yeah, this is going to be 4K. Oh yeah, this is going to have Twitter integration or this or that. But I think what really upholds games as an art and just elevates them in entirely. It's better for mo- than movies or books for me because it's it incorporates everything. It incorporates science, ar- artistry, um, and emotion. And active participation and arti- as well. Yeah, exactly. Engagement. Mm. I think that's why games are the best. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why games kind of engage me more than anything else. Even though I've probably never... Well, I've cried at a few games, but I've probably cried at more movies. I still think mm. games are more artistic because they have both of those sides. They have the art and they have the engagement and they have the science yeah. and everything else with it. And I think that... I don't know. Can The Last of Us reach a higher pinnacle in terms of engagement, in terms of um, emotion than the first one mm. did? I think if God of War can... If everyone is saying how good it is, not just in terms yeah. of uh, on a mechanical standpoint, in terms of the story, with the character who is just very much maligned, well, not maligned, but like, you know, sardonically liked in terms of Persephone and everything. <laughs> 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 it's like if they can change a, um, if the developers can grow up and change a character who is very um, immature in terms mm. of how he is and what he represents, if they can change that and make it into a really good <laughs> father-son sim, which what it seems to be, then, yeah, I have full faith that Last of Us 2 can surpass The Last of Us, the first Last of Us, The Last of Us 1. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess my hopes for both of those games is that they're not just the longest escort mission going. <laughs> uh, you know whether they whether they do hit emotionally or not. Yeah. Um, I just don't want escort missions anyway. No, we don't. It's want a that. good. It's it's a good point that, that you made to to finish on that. God of War will be the will be the test for yeah. almost sort of what's to come. Because I'm excited about the mechanics. It looks seamless. It looks yep. sound. Yep. But if you can hit me on that emotional level, if games you know because like when i said that i've cried at films i think that's because over 60 70 years of films they finally fine-tune that way of bringing out emotion out of the uh, audience yeah games haven't quite done that yet mm. they do it in we, dribs and drabs sporadically they so, do they mm. do we, we're kind of on the on the cusp Almost of, of of that, but not every game will achieve that. You know, not every no, game is looking a, exactly. to achieve that either. Are they? I just so. want a stupid platformer, you know. And I don't yeah, expect yeah. every game to do that. But um, yeah, like Celeste is very 
definitely more meaningful because it has that kind mm-hmm. of emotional value and emotional weight to it and it works well with the mechanics with it. Um, so, yeah, the integration of mechanics and emotion, not everything has to be sad and, you know, drab and everything like that. Something can be yes. absolutely happy and just very much integrate the mechanics with it. So, as I say, I think mechanics and emotion mix into one. I think mm. that's how we elevate games and elevate this medium. Completely. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. Oh, a good point to finish on, I think. Oh, I thank you. Good. Thank you. I've been very... Um, Astute. Eth- yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would never describe myself <laughs> as that. Uh, ethereal. Is that the word? Ethereal? One of those words. What, like a ghost? Oh, see, this is why I'm not astute. <laughs> <laughs> ephemeral. Ephemeral. Okay. That's the word. Yes, that is probably the word. the word of the day, everyone. <laughs> ephemeral. Uh, so, let's jump back into beers. Mm. I kind of already know which yeah. one you're going to pick, but... Yes, yeah, so I'm not going to dwell did, on it. It's did, definitely... did the second one, build, did it grow on you at all? Yeah, I really like the beer. It's not a case of me disliking it. It's yeah, um, it's a very well-made beer. It's verdant, so ev- everything it's like Midas. Everything they touch turns to gold. It's very good. Um, it's it's fruity. It's slightly hoppy, slightly carbonated. It's very easy drinking, um, smooth. It's very much a juice bomb. But yeah. when comparing it to the Daya, you just think the Daya just bring so much more flavour out of the hops, out of the um, out of the beer and it's, the day it just takes it for me today it's, it's the pinnacle of a juice bomb and mm. um, as I said before I shouldn't be understating them, they are probably one of the best around in creating that type of beer yeah, yeah. that's fair That's fair. what What was the, the day called? Was uh, the name invoice of the me for the microphone yeah. Mm. Slightly different can this time. Purple. Lots of purple. Yeah. They have they have kind of the same kind of art style but kind of not. So Yeah. So yeah, just look for the big daya on it. Hopefully coming <laughs> to a city near you. I hope so. Mm. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've only ever seen Steady Rolling Man and maybe one other down in Bristol. Okay. Almost the yep. same as uh, like Brew York, just just very um very aloof. Yeah. They're just, oh, they're just not around down here. Perhaps they're just not in with the bottle shops that I'm visiting. Uh, but the uh, the Brew York, the Tong Tong Cocoa Milk Stout, was very good. Um, it's maybe not quite as viscous as you would expect from a uh, milk stout. Maybe slightly, uh, slightly more. Not watery, thin, but it, thin, it just doesn't yeah. have it's that heft to the to the flavour. Yes, yeah. and exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a light beer as well. Um, Four point three. Four point three. Yeah. Um, that that very well balanced. That coconut, which I'm not a fan of, doesn't push through very much at all. It it, it just works really well with the other flavours that are, that are going on. Um, and the the mind control from Magic Rock, which is a double IPA, was really good. Uh, tropical, really fruity, um, uh, with that alcohol just peeking through just a tiny, tiny amount, but doing enough to kind of almost make you feel that it's part of the 
the the flavour of the beer that it, it's not it, it's not away from that. It's not peeking through in a bad kind of uh, light almost that it almost shouldn't be there. And it's just the alcohol that is pushing that flavour. They've they've done well to implement that within the overall kind of balance of of what they're doing. Uh, it's a really hard choice for me this week. Mm. Um, the mind control I could definitely have had another of, and the Tonkoko I could have I could have had you another could cheat of like easily. I do most weeks and just say they're they're on equal par. I might have to. I might have to. Do it. I think it. I think both of them are, <laughs> are fucking fantastic beers. Do it. That's absolutely both of them. Yay! Hooray! Three good beers and one that's <laughs> also good but not as good. So, <laughs> but it's still good. But it's still good. It's still, still amazing on any other day. <laughs> We've had a Beer good week. Beer is good. Mm, We've had a good week. We have Success. had a good week. Hooray. Um, if people would like to talk to you, Lucy, and tell you why they think the Verdant is better than the Dea, how mm. do they do it? You can follow me at Tanked Up Lucy on Twitter. Um, Juicy Loose 9 on Xbox and PlayStation. Juicy Loose on untapped nice I'm at Nova underscore 47 on Twitter and on PSN and on Steam as well if you'd like to game with me there while yeah, I'm playing you're going to be playing some Wookiees versus Ewoks at some point <laughs> that's a timed mode as well oh, Ewok is it mode oh my timed god it's, it's only around for a certain mode. amount of time I've been then, waiting for know, this day. Dependent on the popularity, Battlefront 2 has changed so dramatically in its existence that they, you know, if it's really popular, they might just keep it, I guess. I don't know. They better, because that's the only reason why I'd ever like turn on the multiplayer and switch off in 10 minutes. Yep. Just, yep. I've always been demanding this. Let me play as an Ewok. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, inevitably, in three months' time, when they bring out Ewok Battle Royale <laughs> mode... Stop. <laughs> everyone will be playing it of course <laughs> why wouldn't you want to be the top Ewok and lord it up over all of the other Ewoks so <laughs> um, if you want to get oh, hold of God. all of us and tell us if you're playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 Ewok Battle Royale mode oh, um <laughs> You can go to several places. You go to Twitter uh, at tags up underscore cast. You can email us stackedupcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to outoflives.net and look at all the other articles and podcasts and tell them that you want to destroy them as an Ewok in Ewok Battle Royale mode. Or follow us on Untapped. Tanked up, I think. I believe so. And compare all of the beers that you drink yes. to the furry, fuzzy smell mm. of Ewok. <laughs> Battle Royale mode. <laughs> smells like felt. But, oh, fe- felt. <laughs> smells like a sneaker table. Oh, I expected you to. Say, it has that kind of like wet, moist, dank kind of feel, <laughs> yeah. smell, and and mouth feel to it. But you know, fair enough. I love Ewoks. Why do people hate them? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Oh, the original Jar Jar Binks. Yes. But so much better in every single way. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Good. Go and watch Return of the Jedi. Get your Ewok fill uh, for another week. We have been tanked up. Bye.
Danga. <laughs> nyap nyap. He's a nyap nyap. Oh mate. <laughs> the the end the end song on the original release of Return of the Jedi mm. <laughs> is exactly how that trilogy of films should have finished 